Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to this episode of the Outback Way podcast. Looking forward to talking with you today about the stats and facts about the Outback Way. So this amazing iconic road trip across Australia is 2,700 kilometres. 1,400 kilometres is actually sealed and there is 1,300 kilometres of reasonably good formed gravel road, which is regularly graded and maintained. And you will see a lot more roadworks happening as we're sealing the Outback Way. So I get quite a lot of questions when I go to trade shows and, and generally inquiries about, gosh, how far is it between stops? The good news is, is it's actually only 300 kilometres between fuel, food and a bed. So you can actually really relax and take your time during the day and, and slow down and really enjoy the surrounds and all the road has to offer. The landscape changes remarkably between east and west and vice versa, obviously, and you will never be bored with looking out the window. There is always something to look at. I also get asked quite a bit about what to take. So you obviously uh, need to take the, you know, the regular gear that you need, but I would also suggest that you need to take a couple of spare tyres, uh, jerry cans for water. Um, I, you won't really need fuel unless you plan to go off the main road, main, main outback way and go into the bush, then certainly take some fuel. Please be mindful that in the uh, central lands and the Nanajara lands, there is a no leaded fuel policy. And so you, you will have opal, there is opal fuel at those roadhouses, which you will then be able to fill up. And it's in place of unleaded and it doesn't do any harm to your engine. Uh, and it's very, it's very important because it improves the uh, community well-being um, by having the opal fuel. Uh, and in addition, while I'm on that also, please be uh, respect that um, the central lands and also the Nanajara lands are uh, dry communities, so you aren't to bring alcohol into those areas or or consume alcohol uh, in those areas. Um, so west of the Olgas, um, right through to Laverton, is actually dry as uh, dry communities. Uh, so please uh, respect that. And um, um, there's a very nice hotel at Laverton uh, that you can have a good pub meal and a beer when you get to the other end. Going back to what to take is, uh, yes, yeah, so, so spare tyres, jerry cans for water and fuel if you're going off the main outback way. Um, you will need to get permits. So on our website, there is a permit link under plan your trip and uh, you can actually get a permit from the Central Lands Council and the Nanajara Lands Council. They literally take overnight. So you don't have to actually book them until you may be in Alice Springs and you're heading west. Or if you're in Laverton and heading east and you've got a couple of days, just book them before you head off. And, uh, and that's, that's more than adequate time. I think with, um, the, the road safety, um, the vehicle that you might require is definitely an off-road camper. If you, uh, if you have one of those or an off-road van, definitely the clearance is the key because certainly, although the road is graded and maintained, what happens is that because of sometimes trucks drive on it wet and then when it dries out there's bulldust and there's holes and there's divots you just need clearance because sometimes you can get stuck in a hole so I would really recommend people take a four-wheel drive 
or a vehicle, an all-wheel drive with clearance. And also, if you're towing a van, make it make it an off-road van. I just that that just seems to be a far better combination uh, than people who try to do it in a conventional van because there will be damage. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's been some terrible stories of of damage for, for on normal vans uh, along the outback way, and uh, and and the road can deteriorate very quickly uh, with different weather conditions. So please be mindful. And, uh, and make sure you have the right, right vehicle combination to really enjoy it too, because who wants to be on the side of the road fixing tires and, and, uh, and then all, you know, bailed up in Alice Springs for, for two weeks while you get, uh, suspension fixed or, um, a chassis or something's gone wrong. So I really, really would recommend having a, uh, a four wheel drive, uh, one with, or one with clearance and all wheel drive with clearance and an off van, off road van. Just for simple uh, comfort, really. And along the Outback Way, there's various towns and communities. And so I'll just go through them for you uh, so you know the route and also what to what to expect in each town. So I'll go through the town and what attractions they have, which really makes the Outback Way a truly celebration of really everything Outback. And I, I think it's uh, it can't be underestimated what each town really captures uh, really is the heart of, of the outback and, and the heart of the spirit that our explorers and our indigenous and our pastoralists and and every every walk of life who have have made the effort and uh, are, have been so dedicated in opening up the outback, uh, the towns really showcase those areas. And, and the, the people that that made those contributions. And so, when we if we're moving from east to west, Winton uh, in West, Western Queensland uh, is iconic. They have just opened, and this is uh, in uh, early uh, April 2018. They have just opened their rebuilt Walsing Matilda Centre. So all things Walsing Matilda, and uh, an early Winton and early Western Queensland pastoral. Uh, developments and early life in outback Queensland are showcased at the Walsing Matilda Centre, not to be missed. And and the new building looks sensational. I'm yet to visit. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I think you really really enjoy the uh, what they have on show there. It'll be state of the art, I'm sure. And uh, and and a real a tribute to the passion and commitment um to of the of the uh Winton community to have this uh have the have the Walsingville Centre rebuilt in in uh in an amazing way. And then of course there's the Australian Age of Dinosaurs, which is a incredible, I guess, museum of of uh all our of, of all the Western Western Queensland dinosaur bones and everything that they find. So you can engage with the Australian Age of Dinosaurs in various ways. You can visit and uh, and do their little show, and and then you can also go down to the dinosaur trackways, which is a really lovely walkway through the bush, uh, where they have beautiful bronze statues of various of the various dinosaur species that have been found in the area. You can also uh, book in to dig for dinosaurs and help the with the effort of actually unearthing the bones through all the various dirt and and. Uh, and, and blocks of dirt that people have, and bones that have been brought up um, from the exca- excavation sites. And so you can sit there and actually find and, and unearth a bone of your own, uh, which is just incredible. Obviously, it stays in the possession of the Australian Age of Dinosaurs, but you're touching 
prehistoric uh, item and artefacts. And, and that's quite an extraordinary opportunity for people to be hands-on and really get involved with that, that whole dinosaur experience. So then back in town, you have an amazing group of shops of opals and uh, haberdashery shops that have been there for, forever. And you've got two wonderful pubs and uh, think that they're really worth both uh, both frequenting. And then further out, there is La Quarry, which is the world's only dinosaur stampede where you actually have the footprints of the dinosaurs in the in the mud that have been protected over for millions of years and that's actually showcased and and talked about at the at the La Quarry and uh, I, I really that's truly awesome and uh, and a wonderful a wonderful preservation of uh, of our prehistoric animals so the next place you'll come to that's the wonderful Middleton pub Middleton pub is in the middle between funnily enough between Winton and Bullia. And uh, there is the Hotel Hilton, which will I'll leave that for you to investigate what that looks like. But there's also a wonderful pub, and Lester Kane, who is the publican, will entertain you for hours about his camel-droving days and life in the outback in a remote pub. But you can always get a meal and uh, a cold drink. There is no fuel, but um, great, you know, and, and there's a loo. And, uh, and and facilities and so it's worth a stop and have a have a bit of chat to Lester. Then you move on to uh, you go through some lovely Channel Country landscape and you get to Bullia and Bullia is a terrific town with a huge big windmill. Or as someone on our media familiar said to just in jest that I've never seen a fan that big. <laughs> it was very funny. And so these guys were from Sydney and and urban areas and uh, just just terrific how. Uh, People just see things in different ways. Bullier is, uh, has, has uh, a wonderful Min Min Centre and, and does the unexplained of the Min Min Light and also a terrific heritage experience with the Stone House, which has a very, very early home with all the early uh, homewares. And, but the, the, the absolute unknown gold mine of Bullier is a full laid out Plesiosaurus. So you move from Winton, which is the inland dinosaurs, and you get to Bullia and you have a complete specimen of the inland sea dinosaurs, which is extraordinary. So I really recommend seeing Bullia and going to the stone house and making sure you see the Plesiosaurus. And, uh, and that is, that is, it's just a, a wonderful example of the, uh, of, of the transition of our of our landscape and our country uh, millions of years ago and how we've trans transitioned from an inland sea to now a dry inland and so the preservation of, of these uh, bones and, and artifacts is, is, is are exceptional so I'd really recommend having a look at that and then of course there's great accommodation uh, at uh, at Bullia, there's the Desert Sands and also the Australian Hotel. They have units as well as hotel rooms. Uh, and uh, we have also, of course, um, very, very good meals at the pub at the, the, at the Australian Hotel. So there's also a souvenir shop and um, the Wadi Tree souvenir shop and also a nice little coffee shop attached to the general store. Really, Bullia is a, an exceptional little place with lots to offer and uh, terrific camping on the Burke River 
as well as accommodation in town and then uh, great parks and a wonderful, wonderful sports centre with a beautiful pool and water park for kids. So really there is, there's lots to see and do around Bullia and it's definitely worth a couple of days hanging around. Um, and don't forget the sunset over the, the Georgina River waterhole about 15 minutes out of town is well worth it with the bird life and the sun's coming through the trees. Uh, and you'll notice that picture on the front of the Bullia brochure. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's a beautiful place. From Bullia, you are heading over the border to Tobermory, which is, uh, so you'll travel through some beautiful channel country. And then you head to Tobermory, which is a working cattle station. And it actually provides you with a basic camping, uh, and also, um, toilet facilities. Uh, it is only camping though. And, uh, and some light snacks. And they, they will, they do provide fuel and they also fix tires. So that's a really worth, uh, worthwhile stop. Um, and sometimes if you're lucky, there'll be um, cattle in the yards and there'll be a full muster going on, which is uh, worth seeing um, with the helicopters and, uh, and all the stockmen working to uh, collect all the animals. And then from Tobermory, you will go to Javois Station. There's a Javois, um, they have fuel um, and you can pull off to Javois and, uh, and they'll, the Broad family will uh, meet you happily and provide you with fuel and very light snacks. Um, if you need a tyre fix, they probably could do it, but they probably don't normally do it. So it's um, a good place for a quick trip. And also, don't forget, we have a, um, a wonderful uh, geocache trail along the Outback Way, which is the world's longest treasure hunt, or formerly known as a geocache trail. Um, and, of course, there's, there's geocaches all over Winton, all over Bullia, all the way between... Um, and also at, um, at your voice. So have a look for our coordinates on our website and, um, and see if you can do some treasure hunting along the way. So from your voice, you'll come to Hearts Range, which is an Aboriginal community at a jury and, uh, you can get fuel there and there's a local store, uh, and also a very large police station. And it is sealed from the police station now all the way to Alice Springs. So you'll actually hit the, uh, the bitumen and, uh, and have a, a smooth run into town. Uh, the heart, but please, between your voice and Hearts Range, keep an eye out on your left-hand side and just see the magnificent Hearts Range appear before you and it'll rise out of, out of nowhere, it would seem, and look to see if you can find the sleeping woman in the range. It's worth having a look. From Hearts Range, you will move along the bitumen and then you come to Gemtree. Now, I recommend you have a stop at Gemtree. They have a wonderful camp oven dinner, uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays and in, uh, between April and October. But you need to book in and you also need to book for accommodation. They have got cabin accommodation. But if you want to camp with your van, that's fine. They have a caravan park. But please book ahead to, to avoid disappointment with the camp oven dinner. And Gemtree also does foster kicking tours. So it's worth putting your chairs out and uh, putting your tent up for a couple of days at Gemtree and uh, having a good look around and enjoying some of their tours and their hospitality and also their beautiful quartz and uh, gemstone shop. And if you find a gem on your tour, you will then be able to take it into the shop and their resident jeweler will place it into a setting for you. 
So you'll actually have a very nice memento of your time at Gemtree, which is just, it, it really is a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful service that they're able to offer and, and really adds to the experience. There's no doubt about that. So from Gemtree, you'll, uh, you'll hit the intersection of the Plenty and the Stewart Highway. You're turning left and you're heading to Alice. So you're only about an hour out of Alice when you're um, at Gemtree. So you'll head into Alice. And then really, it's up to you what you do in Alice. There is so many things to do and see, as you'd all be aware, uh, from the Desert Park to Olive Pink Botanical Gardens to Araluan Arts Centre to the – what also is really good about the Arts Centre is actually to have a natural history museum attached to the – within the precinct. And in there are all the specimens – from Alcuda dinosaur dig and uh and they actually have the very large herbivore wombat and it would be worth having a look at that if you're interested in the dinosaurs and the prehistoric life in Australia they they have got some very unique specimens in the natural history museum at Araluen you also have wonderful day trips from Alice so there is the Larapinta Trail, there is the West Max and the East Max, and, and there's just so many, uh, so many things to have a look at in both the East and the West Max. It really is worth hanging around Alice for at least three or four days just to, to really immerse yourself in that, in the environment. There's various accommodation and there's also campgrounds, uh, caravan parks, uh, and obviously there's all the facilities you require to, for fixing things or um, purchasing clothes or whatever you need to do. So Alice is a really great regional centre and, uh, and has lots to offer. From Alice Springs, you have a choice. So this is where the official outback way goes down the Stewart to Earl Dunder and then you're turning right and you're going towards um, Uluru. There is an alternative if you have a four-wheel drive off-road and you don't have a van. You could go the Marini Loop, which is the Red Centre Way, and that will allow you to go past Palm Valley, Kings Canyon, Kings Creek Station, um, and then back onto the Lassiter's Highway just, just before Curtin Springs. And that is a really worthwhile trip to do. It's certainly a lot more rugged. And you'll need a four-wheel drive to get into Palm Valley and a serious four-wheel drive because uh, I have been in there myself driving a Land Rover and, uh, and having to put it into some, you know, low range, uh, low gear and going over rocks and boulders. So it is, it is uh, definitely a four-wheel drive track, but worth doing, really worth doing. And it's an amazing sight to see palm trees in the middle of the desert. Uh, so, yeah, I really think for people who want to have got time and really want to just see something quite quite different, um, the Red Centre Way is an alternate route to the, the highway. If you've got a van and you'd like to stay on the bitumen a bit more, then um, head down to towards Uluru, going past Stewart's Well. Or there's a camel farm, really great roadhouse and a camel farm, and, uh, and so that's really interesting about the history of the camels in the centre. And then you'll head down to Earl Dunder and uh, the, there's a huge roadhouse. It's basically the intersection and uh, services all the traffic from South Australia as well as, as the Ayers Rock. So there's a campground, fun, fun park, family park, 
uh, meals. So you really have, it's a very, very good service centre. So you're turning right there and then heading down towards Uluru. The next place on, that you'll come to that's open, unfortunately Mount Ebenezer is currently uh, closed in uh, the moment in April 2018 um, with no information about it reopening. But um, Curtin Springs, this place is uh, an extraordinary little place. Uh, it's a working cattle place and also though uh, Amy and uh, Lindy have uh, taken something to another degree and that is that they are making paper out of native grasses and you need to do the paper tour. It is a wonderful experience to actually see how the paper is then is soaked, all the grasses are all soaked and the resin is broken down and then it's actually bathed and then you can make a piece of paper yourself then you actually go into the gallery and you can you collect you're given some paper but also you can buy jewelry which is the paper under resin and Amy is the artist and does all these beautiful sculptures and artwork made out of all the paper and uh, so really a, a wonderful uh, wonderful example of ingenuity in the bush um, of a of a large pastoral station and um and the history of the pastoralists really captured is captured by by this initiative that has been taken by Curtin Springs. Uh, you can also do walks in Curtin Springs and they do a walk to the the mighty Mount Connor, which many people mistake as uh, Uluru, but it's uh, it's also extraordinary how it sits in the landscape um, and and very impressive. And there's a there's a lookout on your way. Past and, and I recommend you stop and have a look. But but Curtin Springs backs onto Mount Connor and they do the walks and the farm tours. So please book into all these places and and make yourself known. The other the other experience I'd really recommend is Kings Creek Station. So instead of getting when before you get to Curtin Springs, you take a right hand turn as if you go to Kings Canyon, and it is sealed all the way from Lassiter's to Kings Canyon. So you can go that route to Kings Canyon if you want to go and see Kings Canyon, which is worth doing. The rim walk at sunrise is is beautiful and it's a beautiful time of day and um and amazing what you can see from the rim and so that's all doable really really doable and also Kings Creek Station has various uh, accommodation it has campgrounds it has caravan park but it also has tented permanent tented cabins uh, that they're canvassed cabins uh, and they're really comfortable to stay in they're sort of a twin setup two single beds and what I uh, also would recommend is Kark, which is an indigenous experience and wonderful time because they go through all the the tools, the food, and uh, and you actually get to taste a witchy grub, taste some honey ant, understand their paintings, see which weapons were actually used in Central Australia and which ones weren't, and like the didgeridoo wasn't something that Central Australia used. Who knew this? Whereas it's it's sold everywhere, it was more of a coastal, a, a, a coastal thing was the didgeridoo. So it's a very interesting and, and an authentic experience and understanding of of the indigenous culture, uh, and uh, they do a wonderful job. So Kark is spelled K A R R K E. Google it and you'll find a heap of information about this wonderful experience. Really worth doing, and particularly if you're travelling with kids 
um, and have an interest in this area, they will love it. It's so tactile and hands-on that um, it'll make it'll it'll really make their day. And, and from Carp, you get back onto the Lassiter, you head back to the Lassiter, and then you can do Curtain Springs, and then you are heading heading into Yulara, which is the community around Ayers Rock. And the community around Ayers Rock is a full service centre. You've got a campground, you've got five-star accommodation, and, of course, multiple tours. And so I'll let you do your own research. One thing that I would recommend is the evening uh, sunset drinks and, and hors d'oeuvres tour, which is about $88, I think, to the Brian Munro's uh, Field of Lights. It is uh, a, just really extraordinary from going from sunset right through to sun the, 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 into the dark and then this desert just comes alive with all these solar lights. So really worth seeing. And uh, I do recommend that tour just so that you don't miss it. Um, but there are just so many tours available and, and, and Indigenous experiences around Yulara and Ayers Rock. So then I, I also, obviously, there's sunrise and sunset around the rock. There's also a wonderful walk to do in the Olgas or Karajuta, and that is the Valley of the Winds. And you will need to stay and, and probably take a majority of the day to do this. It's a long walk, long longer than most. Uh, but the the reward at the end of this walk is well worth it, and I'll leave it at that. But the Valley of the Winds walk of uh, the Olgas is a, is a great great walk to do. So then heading west, you are going towards uh, Docker River, which is uh, going to be dirt. So the, there's eight k's from the, where the bitumen originally finished, now sealed, but it will be a dirt road, and it can be corrugated and and quite rough. So please drive to the road conditions uh, and it, you'll find, though, that all the floodways are now sealed, which is much – it's a good relief. And then around Docker River community, which is really on the border of the Northern Territory in WA, that is also um, sealed. Uh, so – and Docker River has an art gallery. They have a general store and fuel. So you can you can get some equipment there. The um, other thing is that there's a beautiful campground um, in the Desert Oaks it's a beautiful place. Unfortunately, the facilities haven't been great to date. However, my understanding is there's brand new facilities being installed at the Docker River campground sometime in the foreseeable future. Um, not quite sure when that's going to happen, but um, the actual location of the campground is beautiful. It's it's under the she oaks, and you can hear them whisper. Very cool, and there's always a breeze, and uh, and so that in itself is a lovely place to stay. Moving on from Docker River, the next large place you'll come to is Warakurna, Warakurna Roadhouse. They have beautiful cabins. We stayed in there last year with the Media for Mill and we were quite surprised. All beautiful tiles, really beautifully done. And, uh, and also they have a campground area. And in Warakurna is quite interesting. The art, the art centre and the art work in Warakurna is exceptional. Uh, Indigenous artwork really is worth having a look at and it's by the local Aboriginals. And uh, you can see all that in the roadhouse in their own gallery. My recommendation is if you're looking for a piece of artwork, this is the place to buy it because you could probably meet the artist if you uh, ask ask at the roadhouse. So that that would be really worthwhile. That's really worthwhile doing. Also, Warwickern has got a little bit of a quirky quirky side to it. If you go up behind Warwickern Roadhouse and over the road, there's a piece of space junk that fell out of the sky. And now they've put a fence around it, and they've also got Len Bedell's dozer, 
in a cage, ready showing people the history of the road building in Western Australia and the amazing effort that Lemberdell made in regards to opening up um, Outback WA with his road building and surveying. And then there's also the Bureau of Meteorology have a weather station and the, every day they launch a weather balloon. And my recommendation is just to stay on the Tard Community Road and just park beside a little shed. It's a little green shed. And I just park on the side of the road and uh, the, the roadhouse will tell you when it, the balloon will be launched. Get there about five, ten, five minutes, ten minutes beforehand. Just sit and wait and you'll see a man come out of the, the shed. Um, they'll go into the shed and then you'll see the roof open and a balloon will be launched. So it's worth having a watch of the, of the weather balloon being wa- uh, launched. Um, and that weather goes to uh, give everyone uh, in Australia um, some added information about what's happening in the desert and the, and the weather happening, the weather patterns happening, which will then bring rain or dry weather to the eastern side of Australia or, or western side. So it, it, it's a, just a, something different and not something that people get to see every day. So from Warwick Kerner, you're moving on down to Warburton. And Warburton is an interesting place and has an extraordinary art gallery and also they blow glass so the community actually has some very a very strong art culture and uh, they blow glass they do some artworks they have a collection the indigenous art collection and uh, and so they have various works on display in their art gallery throughout the year uh, as well as the, the blown glass, which is available at their local shop, which is attached to the administration centre. The roadhouse has all your basic supplies. They have fuel. Um, and also their campground is also quite large and has great facilities, has some cabins as well as clean toilets. And, uh, and the roadhouse does meals. Uh, so you can eat there. Uh, so these facilities are, are, are just fine. They're all three star at least. And, uh, and, and worth pulling up for. So from Warwick Kerner, <clears throat> you've got, uh, you'll head into Jukula Roadhouse. And Jukula Roadhouse has a very nice steak sandwich and, uh, and has a very clean and extensive campground area. So a, car- a caravan park area all behind a fence and really great laundry facilities, shower facilities, um, a, a communal kitchen area, communal eating area. So, yeah, look, really great facilities and very friendly people, um, and they're able to fix things for you, uh, and they have fuel. So, yeah, so as a result, there's, there's this really, really makes the trip quite easy with all these breaks. 300 kilometres down the road, you'll come to Laverton, and that's the end of the official Outback Way. Laverton has a wonderful Explorers Hall of Fame and, uh, and it's called the Great Beyond. And really it's a testament to the courage and tenacity of our early explorers finding and opening up new land um, throughout the goldfields and, and into eastern, well, outback Western Australia or eastern Western Australia, which is, you know, into the desert. And into the desert they walked. And so I really recommend seeing the, the, uh, the, the terrific display and, and electronic recording that is in the Great Beyond Centre. They really capture the spirit in which these men and women uh, had for 
opening up and really providing a better life for themselves and their families and communities. The story of Dr. Laver, who is the reason why Laverton exists today. They also have a old uh, police station and courthouse that they uh, ha- are resurrecting and have opened up to the public. Um, and there's some lovely old buildings and old carriage houses in uh, Laverton that are worth having a look. And I did mention the uh, the Desert Rose Inn, which is the local pub, and uh, and the Stuart Pea is their local flower. So that's also a, a really, uh, really lovely uh, part of Laverton is the wildflowers of, uh, of outback Western Australia. And if you can go up to the Poseidon Mine, the old um, mine, there's a, there's a public lookout where you can actually go and ha- watch the sunset, and, and that's also worth doing. So talk to uh, the visitor information centres along the entire Outback Way. They have a plethora of information for you. Very, very happy to, to talk to you about the next place and uh, and very, very uh, e- it's very easy for them to give you um, the lowdown locally and uh, make sure all your needs are being catered for in regards to uh, what you're looking for and to make your trip uh, the best it can be. So really, we've, we've captured along the Outback Way uh, an art trail, the dinosaurs, the indigenous culture, outdoor adventure, and, and the history of, of Australia. And I think this is where the Outback Way is unique because it actually covers um, such a depth of attributes that makes Australia the nation it is and Australians the people we are. And I think that's what's so wonderful about this route and the tourism opportunities that exist along the route and the experiences you will have and, and, and memories that you will forge uh, making your Outback Way experience, uh, the journey through the heart of Australia, a truly uh, memorable holiday uh, that you will uh, be telling your generations of family members and friends about for a very long time. So I really encourage you to to have a look. The time frames that people ask, it depends if you want to do it quickly or slowly, but a family could easily do the entire Outback Way from Cairns to Perth in three weeks. And that's stopping and staying. And we did we did a media for mill last July, and we only had ten days. And we drove from from Cairns to Perth, and uh, we hired a Brits Brits camper van or Brits Toyota Outback. They called it. It's like a Toyota Hilux with a cab on the back with all your camping gear and all the space for the for your luggage. Uh, and it we could have camped the whole way along. And we think that families could really get out and do that trip. And what's great about Brits is they will let you do a one-way hire from, from Cairns to, uh, to Perth or vice versa, and then you can fly home. So that's a really great option for families. Uh, and three weeks is a terrific time frame. And June, July is a wonderful time to travel the Outback Way. We recommend people travel um, from March onwards and um, really don't have to go home until December. Um, it really gets hot in January and February. And also, of course, in the summer, there's potentially more rain, which uh, makes, makes a pro- it is problematic for the road when it rains because it will be closed. However, most of the road will be opened within days because the water moves shallow, it's shallow, and then it moves through the landscape. So it doesn't hang around on the road. 
And so within two or three days, you can have a clear run again. And I think that's um, an important point. Um, it won't stay up for very long. It just goes, it goes back, it spreads out into the landscape and gets off the road. Uh, and then you've got to wait for the road to dry. Uh, we don't want people driving on wet roads because that just cuts them up. But it, if it means you stay an extra day at a place, it doesn't really matter. You just need to be mindful of the local government's requirement and please observe road signs in regards to road closures. It is there for a reason. It's so that we don't cut it up and the maintenance issues become bigger than Ben-Hur. Uh, and please just, just respect what the locals are telling you in regards to the condition of the road. And if it's flooded, forget it. Please do not go into flooded water. Um, that is not a good idea. So I guess it's, it is a safe route. It is memorable. It uh, really is doable. You can also fly into Alice or Uluru, hire a car, do a section, hop back in um, and, you know, hop back in the aeroplane and fly home. And it can be, you know, five days. Uh, so you can do sections um, of it if you haven't got three weeks to spare. But um, get out and have a look and, um, and start exploring. And even if you get into Alice and you drive north to Gemtree and just do Gemtree and Hearts Range and do the Plenty, uh, just drive for three hours out of Alice along the Plenty and you'll see just something completely different. And uh, so, yeah, there's lots to offer. You can bundle it up into to little, little pieces uh, to make it a really memorable trip for yourselves. If you need more information, there's lots of ways to engage with the Outback Way. We have a website, outbackway.org.au. We have an app, which is Outback Way, and it's available on iTunes and Google. But please, when you download the app, when you're in Signal, you have to download every single tour. What's unique about our app is it's geofence. So it means that if you download it while you're in Signal, that when you're out of Signal, it actually then starts to work on the satellite. And so it means that you can be driving along out of signal, but you can still get notifications about what's coming up because we've geofenced all the points of interest along the route. So you can actually then get a notification, but you must have downloaded it first of all and all your tours before you'll get those notifications. And, uh, and that means that you then don't miss anything. We have a HEMA guidebook and Atlas, which has got extraordinary maps and really, really detailed information about the, the flora and fauna, but also about all the different points of interest in the campgrounds and, and off the beaten track places to have a look at. So I really recommend you buying that, and you can buy that through our website. Uh, it's the HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. If you go into a camp shop and they say it's out of print, we are the ones who have the only copies left in Australia. So you can buy that book through us. Uh, and, uh, and it's $35. We also have uh, the brochure, so you can go into, you can either download the brochure from our website, or if you're going to caravan and camping shows, we usually have a presence. If you don't see the the Outback Way, won't have a presence, but we will be on the stands of the Northern Territory and Western Australia stands, and particularly the Goldfield stand. If they, if you go to them, they should have our brochure, and so should Northern Territory and particularly Central Australia. They will have our brochure. Um, we are in the Queensland Outback magazine, out, Queensland Outback Tourism magazine as an advertisement. Um, there should be a page there about the Outback Way giving you lots of contact details. So hunt that magazine down and, uh, and that touring magazine and then um, we, that's our presence um, out there 
in the area. We are on Facebook at um, The Outback Way, Australia's Longest Shortcut, and our Twitter account is Outback Way One. So please engage with us. Uh, send us your ideas. Send us your your stories of your trip. We really want to hear from you and really look forward to uh, and your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to providing you with lots more interesting episodes in the future about uh, from travellers, from characters out there and, uh, and and particular tours that you can do. Uh, and this audio, a lot of this audio will also be available on our app as well uh, over time. So really enjoyed you buckled up for our podcast and uh, now I'll let you carry on with your journey and uh, we look forward to uh, having you part of uh, what makes the Outback Way so great, which is uh, you as a traveller exploring our nation. Thanks so much. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.